a little later uh, than normal, but uh, here he is. Uh, Steve Vines, how are you, sir? I'm good. And ju- just before we go, can I can I add my greetings to Ian Pooler? Mm. I know that will stop him getting a bronze Bohemia medal, but, you know, he's a pretty good chap. <laughs> he deserves one, if anybody deserves one. Uh, absolutely. Well, as ever, the week has uh, brought its share of surprises, hasn't it? Uh, there's never a, a, never a dull moment, as they might say. There really isn't. But, I mean, lots has gone on, but I have to, I think, begin... Uh, uh, at the low point. Hmm. This is on Wednesday when Carrie Lamb, the chief executive in name only, the CNO, merrily um, confirmed that she was getting a pay rise, get this, a pay rise in the middle of the coronavirus crisis. This is when businesses are collapsing like 10 pens, when literally millions of people in Hong Kong have been laid off, are working short hours or, or, or in fact compulsory taking compulsory leave, she thought it was perfectly okay to accept a pay rise. And the justification she gave was, oh, well, you know, in 2017, there was a pay mechanism agreed, and the pay mechanism said that, oh, my goodness me, that it had to be in line with inflation. Well, inflation is, I mean, what? Really? Honestly? Is that is that what you get from the leadership who says we're all pulling together to... Um, to um, defeat the coronavirus then we get the following day apparently the mm. pay mechanism 2017 etc etc has, has, has somehow faded into the background and she's got she and the waxworks who surround her are going to take a 10 percent pay cut that means and i i hope listeners have got their handkerchiefs out in fact i hope the listener has got his handkerchief out that instead of getting um what is it 400 $434,000 per month, it will go down to something like 390000 plus, of course, um, expenses, plus housing, plus a whole lot of other benefits. In other words, she is being paid, without all the additional benefits, almost 22 times more than the average salary in Hong Kong. Mm. She's also being paid a third more than the President of the United States. That's incredible, she, isn't it? Mm. Uh, uh, well, it doesn't stop there. She's being paid something like 10 times more than the British Prime Minister, uh, who's in hospital with the coronavirus. Who, who ever so, came up with these these amounts that she's being paid anyway? I mean, well, we, we, have to thank, we have to thank the Brits for that. But, um, but the fact of the matter is, it's not just tone deafness. Mm. Tone deafness, very, very... Uh, big issue here but it's the sheer inability to understand at a time of crisis what leadership involves what leadership involves is leading from the front who Mm, knew mm, what mm. leadership involves is that when people are in dire circumstances the leader has to at least make a token recognition that they will share in a in a sense of solidarity they will share some of that burden with the people they rule. Instead, there's Carrie Lamb in her vast mansion up on Upper Albert Road, surrounded by more policemen than I've had hot cups of tea, going, oh, 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 but I'm I'm worth the money. I'm worth the money. Goodness me. Who could Mm. doubt that I'm worth the money? I'm worth every cent. 
It definitely comes in out, out of the pot, which uh, which says clearly on the outside, what were you thinking, doesn't it? What were you thinking? Were you thinking? Is anybody... I mean, what is so staggering about this is as I assume that either she is surrounded by people who are as tone-deaf as she is, mm. or they're so timid that nobody went to her and said, look, chief executive in name only, maybe they don't use that precise term, are you sure it's a good idea to pay your pay rise at a time like this? Are you sure it's a fantastic plan to justify it with some sort of bureaucratic, I was going to use a word I'm not supposed to use, nonsense? <laughs> um. <laughs> I mean, that's the problem, though, isn't it, with with uh, some leaders? And, you know, not it's not just her problem, is it, uh, around the world, that they are surrounded by uh, yes people? Well, I think that is indeed the case. I mean, in, in, in the case of, of, of the CNO, I have no idea who is influential on her or whether she listens to anyone. I mean, I've been speaking over the years to people who worked with her in government when she was a more junior official, let alone, you know, a head of a department. And they said, the one thing you know about Carrie is she listens to no one. Mm. She's very convinced of her own abilities and her own rightness in all matters. And we see the results for what they are. I mean, it's just appalling. I, I, when I first heard earlier in the week that she was going to take a pay rise, I quickly checked the calendar. I thought, it must be April the 1st. This has it got wasn't, to be. Though. It no. wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. I know. I know. And, you know, now we have, at every twist and turn of this appalling crisis, she and the Waxworks have been forced into taking action. They were forced into closing the border, or more or less closing the border with the mainland. They were forced into making, belatedly, two months after everybody else, a rescue mission to Wuhan. And now they've been forced to finally open up Hong Kong's enormous financial reserves, where they're going, oh, we're waiting for a rainy day, rainy day. We can't, we can't spend money, rainy day. Goodness me, it's not raining, it's pouring, it's bucketing down. Look, chaps and chapesses, the rainy day has arrived. Mm. Why does it take you so long to mm. understand that? And when the purse strings are finally opened up, as they were um, yesterday, what do we find out? The people who are most affected at the bottom of the pile, the unemployed, the mm. people who've been laid off, they're getting zilch. Zilch, zero times zero times zero. Any mathematician will tell you that still works out at zero. Hmm. And what they say is, oh, well, oh, well, we've got mechanisms for those people. Oh, they can go, oh, they can get CSSA, oh, you know, Social Security, oh, it's all there. Actually, all there. They're talking about $3,000 a month. That doesn't even pay for, I think we're, are we, are we still on there, right? There was a bit of a glitch yeah, there. Yeah, we're still there. Gonna, we're still hearing you loud and clear. Yeah, no worries. Sorry. Oh, okay. That that doesn't even pay for um, you, you you know cover people's rent or anything you know any of the basics. Mm. So we now have a package which is open to intense abuse because remember the payment that is going to employees doesn't go to employees; it goes to employers, and the employers have to pass it on to employees. Now, I know that most employers are not, you know, bad people in Hong Kong. I, I'm not saying that cynically. I know that is a fact. But you do have a, a substantial number of people 
who will not pass that money on, who will abuse the money that is supposed to be going into the pockets of their staff. We know that because we've seen it with abuse of the MPF system. It's not a theory, it's something that happens in Hong Kong, lamentably. Why could the numpties who have devised this latest so-called rescue plan not bring themselves to actually pay directly to the people who should be getting the money? Is this morbid fear that they have in government circles of addressing the underclass? To them, these are irrelevant people who deserve to be on the on the you know on the waste pile and long may they fester there. It's it's just I don't know. It's it, it it it's depressing, but it's also a very real problem which is going to hit people in Hong Kong. Remember, twenty mm. percent of Hong Kong's population live below the poverty line. That's as matters stand. And I know the, 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 the waxworks in the government go, oh, it's not really 20%, it's probably not. Oh, oh. Actually, that's government figures, boys. If you don't believe your own figures, don't put them out. That would why be my is it, Why is it so difficult for them to understand that, uh, Steve? You know, they still seem to be in their bubble. They seem to be in their ivory towers. It's almost like they don't read the papers. They don't look at the internet. They don't hear the news because everybody else seems to see this stuff. But those folks in that bubble... They just don't. It is. It is quite remarkable. I mean, I I, I wish I had a, a, a clear explanation for that. But it is remarkable the extent to which the people around the Sino have absolutely zero idea of how the average person in Hong Kong lives. I mean, I suppose it's difficult. You live in a vast publicly paid for apartment somewhere on a nice hill overlooking nice scenery. You're chauffeur driven to work. You've got total job security, regardless of performance. And boy, oh boy, are we seeing that at the moment. I mean, if, 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 if Carrie Lam thinks she's getting paid more because she's done a wonderful job, that brings a, a lack of self-awareness into an entirely new realm. So, you know, while they have this cocoon of comfort this cocoon of security, they don't realize that the average person in Hong Kong has nothing of the kind. This is a place where people feel grateful to be living in an apartment which is 500 square foot. The average size of apartments in Hong Kong is just over 400 square foot. I mean, you know, we're not living in a society which is in any sense equal, Let's set that aside. We're not living in a society where any conscious effort is being made by the people who rule the society to improve the basic living standards of the citizens. I always thought that's what the main job of a government was. Don't see a sign of it here. How how do we think um, in the big picture, you know, this is repeated in other um, governments uh, around the world because it's, you know, similar problems do exist. And, uh, you know, in this current crisis, you know, we've seen some things like this happening in places like the UK. Uh, again, people complaining that they're maybe not getting quite what they uh, they need, particularly at the beginning. But it has changed now. It does seem to have pivoted a bit and uh, they they are delivering perhaps some of the some of the financial requirements 
those uh, the unemployed and so on in the UK um, now 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 always have needed and continue to need. Is, is it, are we are we just you know following the others here and you know just waiting well, for them I'll to do you, it? I'll give you a one word answer, and and people may laugh, but the one word answer is elections. I mean, the point is that in societies where the leadership is chosen by a process of election, however imperfect, we can have long esoteric debates as to whether this system system works. But the bottom line is where the leadership is ultimately having to face the people it governs, they can't afford the luxury of not being responsive. They can't afford the luxury of just ignoring the basic needs of people. You, you, you talk about Britain. I mean, in Britain, they are paying the unemployed. Mm. They are subsidising salaries up to 80%. And guess what? They're using the novel method of paying that money directly to the people involved. Who knew that would be a way of, um, <laughs> a way of sorting this out? So, you know, it's not as though this can't be done. And you'll hear all the numpties going, oh, banking system, oh, my goodness, oh, it's so complicated here. We have a population of 7.4 million people. Mm. We have a population where practically everybody, even the very poorest person, has a bank account. That's not true throughout Europe. That's not mm. true throughout the United States. We have a population where everybody is on a government record because we have identity cards. So to fuse those systems, the banking system, the identity card system, which incidentally records date of birth, etc., etc. We have it all there. All it needs is the political will <coughs> to bring it together and to do something to finally crack that very, very fragile egg, which is standing between, for some people, and I don't think I'm being exaggerating, between survival and the other thing. We're in desperate times. We really are. What is the impact of the uh, upcoming um, Legislative uh, Council election going to have on any of this uh, going forward, do you think? I mean, that's a sort of election, but there doesn't seem to be a reaction to that in the way that you're suggesting, you know, from other parts of the world, right? Well, the problem, of course, with our system here in Hong Kong is legislators have no role in government. Zero. They can't even, I mean, that me remind the listener in case anybody's forgotten this they can't even initiate legislation mm. in the chamber without the permission of the chief executive all they can do is stop things happening for example they could stop the budget happening they can stop financial payments being made but they don't have any power to do anything proactive there is not a member of the legislature who sits on any government um decision-making body. They might be on advisory bodies, but none of them sit on decision-making bodies. So although the legislature has some, uh, what shall I say, influence, it has some powers of blocking, and then they're accused of only doing the negative, well, that's all they're allowed to do. Yeah. They're not allowed to do anything positive. I mean, goodness me, read the rule book if you don't believe me. So you have a system that isn't vaguely fit for purpose. And then all these numpties go around going, oh, my goodness me, these legislators, they're not being very good. Oh, You know, it just doesn't compute. Now, they are worried about the legislative council elections, which have now tentatively been scheduled for September the 6th. 
But you already see that in the wake of what happened in the district council elections last November, mm. the pro-China parties, uh, 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 as Mrs. Thatcher finally, um, famously said, they're frit, they're scared. They don't think that they'll be able to retain their dominance, which they've had since the beginning of the establishment of the SAR. They don't think they'll be able to retain their dominance of the chamber. So they're already, and thank you, Junius Ho, for reminding us, urging the government to put off this election until they can find a way of rigging the system and, and getting, you know, in a situation where at least they can retain the power they have, if not if not garner more power. Is, is that going to happen? Is, is the election, do you think, going to be uh, delayed? Well, I mean, what I find very ominous is that when Patrick yesterday announced the election, the election date, he quickly said, this is tentative. Now, tentative to me isn't 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 a firm date. It's it's what it says on the tin. Tentative means maybe. So I don't know. I mean, how blatant will they be in trying to suppress the meagre remnants of a democratic system in Hong Kong? I don't know. With this mob, you can't rule anything out. You really can't. Do you th- do you think that um, I mean it does seem that you know the COVID nineteen is mm. getting under control. I I don't want to say it is because we don't know that, but somehow it seems to be settling a little bit at the moment. So in a way, it's going to be quite difficult to to use it as an excuse to not have an election in five months' time, isn't it? Well, I, I think you're right about that. I mean, uh, yeah, as you say, and I think any any reasonable person says, there's no certainties here. I mean, we, we, we saw a big dip in the number of infections. We've now seen them double and treble since that dip. So nobody, I think, is brave enough to say that mm. we've got this virus licked. I don't think anyone in the world, except for somebody with orange hair in the White House, but other than that, <laughs> I don't think any sane person is mm. saying that there's a, a certainty. But even if, and this is what obviously we're all hoping, the virus dies down, there are no more infections, there's a much smaller death toll, which a nil would be a good figure, but much smaller would be better. Even if all of that happens, you can still see one of the waxworks coming out of wherever it is they come out of and going, oh my goodness, oh, you, you know, because of the uh, disruption caused by the virus, we haven't had time to prepare, oh my goodness, the force we got to mm, fill in, oh, mm. goodness, chipboard is clipped or my clipped is chipboard whatever they say you know you can just hear it now i'll write the script for a vast sum of money if they ask me and it it will only take me minutes because i know exactly what they're going to say so there's no certainties a that they'll behave honorably b that they won't try another means of evading responsibility because if they're good at one thing it's that they're not good at much else but there wouldn't be much point in in delaying it, really, because at some point it's going to have to be they're going to have to have the election, aren't they? At some point, whether it's two months late or four months late, and I can't see that there would be a, a, a tremendous change in sentiment by delaying it two or four months or, or or six months, even would there? Only if you live in the world of delusion <laughs> that surrounds that bubble of Tamar. Now remember. What happened at the beginning of the protest movement, we're now going back to June of last year, confident predictions, it would all be over, protesters would get fed up, there wouldn't be any more trouble, basically everybody would see sense, we, we the government, will keep going on the radio going, violence, violence, and everyone mm. go, right, okay, that's the end of that, we're not going to keep going on the streets. They, 
actually seriously believe in two extraordinary narratives about the discontent that exists in Hong Kong. One is that it's all a product of some shadowy foreigners coming in here and controlling these events. And the other extraordinary um, uh, narrative which they've developed, which used to be called Marxism when I was a youth, is, ah, oh, well, you know, this is really a protest against economic circumstances. These Hong Kong people, they're not very bright, you know, they wouldn't be on the streets asking for democracy and liberty. God, those Hong Kong people, they don't know now about that sort of thing. So they actually have convinced themselves that, you know, you bung a few dollars in the direction of Hong Kong people, you give a bribe of $10,000 close to the election, and people will happily, waving their $10,000, march into the, um, march into the uh, election booth and vote for parties controlled by the Communist Party's United Front. Well, you know, good luck with that. It worked fabulously in November. And remember, in November, when we had the district council elections, they were also talking of cancelling them. And the reason they didn't cancel them, and there's now multiple sources confirming this, is that the pro-China camp actually thought they were going to win that election. They'd convinced themselves that the protest movement had been licked, that people were fed up with inverted commas violence, and they would pour into the um, polling booths and vote for these uh, pro-China parties. Well, <laughs> you always have to say the proof's in the pudding, and the proof was in the pudding. Yeah, well, um, it's going to be interesting uh, days ahead to see what indeed does happen, um, you know, either because of COVID-19 or because of other things. Will it be used as an excuse or or uh, will something else uh, come up? Um, certainly, as people analyse uh, the uh, um, release of these funds and uh, how they're distributed, I th I'm sure there's going to be a lot of uh, feedback on those over the next uh, uh, few days and weeks. And no doubt, Steve, we will we'll get more back from you uh, this time next week. Sorry, it's a little bit truncated this week, but uh, sure. thanks for your patience. We look forward to seeing you uh, life next, is truncated at the moment Thursday. yeah absolutely <laughs> uh happy easter mate